is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. Oh, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wanderson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. I am one of your hosts, Brighton SLC. And I am Sean Black. Today's show is sponsored by Judge Lezerby's Drinking Vinegars. Good for the bladder, good for black lung, good for scorpion stings, good for jingly knees and cures cranial ballooning. And for the gentler sex, a perfect remedy for the vapors. That's Judge Lezerby's Drinking Vinegars. Ask for it by name. Yeah, it's good stuff. He, he, he is a judge. Yeah. So he's got credentials to make to make drinking vinegars. Well, he has the robe, and that's what uh, mm. I think his judge credentials are. Right. So it's questionable, but I'm just going to go with it mm. because he's the judge. You're going to be amazed. Yeah. What flavors do you like? I like rhubarb uh, ether, I think is the one I like. <laughs> rhubarb ether? <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. It's and always then, sold out, so it must be the most popular flavor. And then there there's a really good... Uh, Hemlock flavor that I like. I've only had the crab apple, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because you're feeling fine. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, all right. Uh, let's just hop right into it. All right. I saw two Lamborghinis today. Wow. Just driving around. For real? Yeah. And then one of them uh, had a camouflage pattern. So you thought you saw it. Yeah, I just saw it. It was <laughs> like Predator. Couldn't be sure. It was like looking at the Predator. Like, no, it had one of those, you know, the new style of military camouflage that's like digital mm-hmm. pixels. Which is supposedly is not, doesn't just look cool. It's, it's, it functions better. Yeah, that's what they say. I'm not sure why. I'm sure there's people studying that. I heard a podcast about it. Might have been this one. Anyway. <laughs> Our podcast? Yeah, I think we talked about it one time. Well, we are trained in the art of subterfuge. Mm. Disguise. <laughs> Camouflage. That's a topic that, for another time or a, a previous time. We don't remember. That, that, that's an interesting choice for a, for a paint job. Camouflage. On a car that costs, I don't know how much they cost. Yeah. $100,000? Probably more. Probably more. And then you're going to get it. And it was blue. It was blue style because it was urban camouflage. Urban, huh? Yeah. Okay, at least, at least that's a little bit grounded. I think I would do something really cool like a white tiger. So not a tiger, but the stripes of a white tiger. If you had a Lamborghini? Well, yeah. If you're going to go with crazy paint job, I don't think camo would be my first choice. It would be very low. I'd want, I'd want a car that looked like something in a ZZ Top music video. Yeah, that's a really good point. Something with a pair of legs sticking out of it. Some, <laughs> some panty-hosed legs and high heels. Just sticking out of the trunk? Stick, not a, no, not out of the trunk. Out of the, out of the driver's side wing. <laughs> you know how they have like, they're like X-wings. Yeah. Just have a couple legs sticking out, and then, and then a guitar riff that's just chugging along. Do some donuts in your white tiger Lamborghini. Do you think people? Now, here's what happens if you get a white tiger Lamborghini: is people keep saying, "Hey, cool zebra Lamborghini," oh. and you have to go, "No, 
It's a tiger. You think so? Yeah, so you might have to do like a Bengal tiger. Make it look more like Garfield? <laughs> yeah, oh, then that's the problem with the Bengal tiger. <laughs> hey, man, cool Garfield Lamborghini. Oh! Does it run on lasagna? Because <laughs> you're going to get bullied in your Lamborghini. You are. By motorcycle toughs. Yeah. Shouldn't have put those giant eyeballs on the hood. <laughs> Eyelashes on the, on the uh, headlights. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the normal mobile. Right. So I was going to say, that's ner- it's gray. It's got the stripes. <laughs> just too cute. Oh, it's so frustrating when you just think you have a cool Lamborghini and everyone misinterprets it. Yeah, and you're getting picked on and bullied because of your Lamborghini. Yeah. We needed to stop that. Hashtag no more Lamborghini bullying. Can we get it, Trent? Yeah. Um, just say no to Lamborghini bullying. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of just say no... Mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan passed on. We're not going to talk about right. that. That's right. Um, although you should, it, I'm assuming it's on YouTube. You should find different strokes where Arnold says, "What you talking about, Mrs. Reagan?" <laughs> I've seen it. I might yeah. have the DVD. Look, <laughs> there you go. Different strokes. <laughs> you have different strokes on DVD. Yeah, the box set right there. I was at karaoke night a few weeks ago, and the guy sang the different strokes theme, and he killed it. He killed it. It was really good. Really? That <laughs> yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it seems like a very odd thing. I mean, they, that's in the karaoke book? That, yeah, that is surprising, but that's cool. So who's that soccer player that keeps killing people? Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey. That's so right. Every time Aaron Ramsey scores a goal, shortly mm-hmm. thereafter, a famous person dies. Mm-hmm. He killed David Bowie. Yep. I think he killed Alan Rickman. He did. Sticking with British legends, George Martin passed away. Oh, that's right. Now, this is not, and, and he scored a goal this weekend. Aaron Ramsey did. did. So did that goal count as killing two people? Because he also killed Nancy Reagan. Then. No, it wasn't a magic soccer ball. Yeah, let's not get silly. The soccer ball couldn't, didn't bend in midair. Mm-hmm. You can't bend a ball. Well, only Beckham can do that. It's true. Um, no, so, yeah, George Martin, not to be confused, George R.R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. which would be upsetting. Right. Uh, George Martin was 90. I, I'm sure he was a sir. Yeah, of He's co- probably an OBE. Yeah, it or, was, he lived a full life. Yeah. Uh, cool guy. I wrote him a letter in high school, or maybe you junior did. high. You uh, did really? Yeah. Uh, I and I, I somehow it was it, dear Mister Martin. I think I would make a great Beatle. That's what I was trying to say. Is let's like, start the Beatles, the next generation. I they people often say I'm the seventh Beatle, <laughs> behind you and Billy Preston and. Brian Epstein. And now they're even counting Eric Clapton above you. Eric Clapton. I, I, I even, and that was just a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I bet if in the line of succession, you know, if you go to like the Queen, the line of succession, mm-hmm. uh, if you look that up, it's going to go down so long that eventually you get Derek Jeter. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. 3,000th. But if, if 200, if 2,999 people died ahead of him, it's going to be Derek Jeter. As the Queen? As the Queen, yeah. For a minute, I thought you were going to say that the Queen was the sixth or seventh Beatle. The Queen was one of them. The Queen was probably the twelfth Beatle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where I stand on the list. On the Beatle list. My I'm... first concert was 1964, The Tribute. <laughs> They're awesome. You should see them sometime. I'm sure they are. I just thought you were trying to imply you went to a concert in 1964. No, the band So for is... one second, I thought... Where is he going with this? <laughs> no, the band is called 1964. Yeah, so I, I want to see him. Yeah. Is there a later, Beatle, a later Beatles tribute band? I saw one on a cruise ship. And, uh, okay, first of all, the Paul McCartney was playing bass right-handed. Oh, right there. So, I would have walked off the cruise ship. So TripAdvisor 
Yeah. Poor review of that Royal Caribbean Rhapsody of the Seas. One star. They sounded great, though. And so they came out and did the, like, Ed Sullivan thing, and then they... They went and changed their clothes and said, the Beatles stopped... T-. No, they, they weren't trying to fake the accent. They weren't? So they're like, hey, so the Beatles stopped touring in 1966. However, we're going to play some tunes for you. So they came out and did a set in the Sgt. Pepper outfits, and then they did another set in the Abbey Road outfits. So they covered the whole career. It was very nice. God. I... And I think they did Live and Let Die as well. Oh, why wow. Not? Yeah, cool th- throw that in. Why sure. Not? If you're, you're going to play the bass right-handed. Yeah. Just let's get really crazy. Yeah. This is an alternate universe where the Beatles never broke up. Yeah. And Live and Let Die is, is a Beatles song. It's a Beatles song. song. Yeah, all their solo works are Beatles songs. That's a pretty cool idea. All for, four of for, them were on Shining Time Station. God, this is a good idea for some kind of short story. Yeah. You could just talk about the, just the chapter where four different Beatles are all playing conductors on this kid's show. Because <laughs> yeah. they never broke up. Yeah, they never yeah. broke up. They still, they, they still live together, all of them. Yeah. They all got shot on December 7th, 1980. Is that yeah, what it was? Something like that. Yeah. Ninth, 10th, 11th, somewhere they must. There. It was like a machine gun. They, they were, they were getting, like <laughs> no, it was four different guys. Oh, yeah. All each individually obsessed with that individual beetle. Yeah. And then, that, and then I got my mind set on you, that music video with all of them sitting in a row playing <laughs> different, di- different instruments. Yeah. And, things, and cuckoo clocks are going off and stuff. What's happening in that video? I don't know. He's sitting, it's not a very good video. He's sitting in like the most interesting man in the world's den. Isn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah. And aren't, aren't, aren't like badgers dancing, like, like taxidermy animals dancing and, and cuckoo clocks cuckooing and then dogs he is, walking he's a, he's around? He's in a big red chair. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's dogs. There's a fire in the hearth. Wow. Well, you nailed it. You described that perfectly. He's definitely in the most interesting man in the world's den. I, I, and he's just sitting down. He's strumming. There's a suit of armor behind him. There's a book flapping up and down. So it's like a, its, it's a haunted den. Yeah. God. Haunted by his own future ghost. I've learned on this show that I have a, the perfect memory to music videos. That's true. It's weird. Yeah, because last week you nailed the third eye blind guy. I haven't seen that in 10 years. I haven't seen this in probably 20 years. Now he's breakdancing like Michael Jackson. A spotlight comes on him. He gets out of the chair, throws his guitar down. Really? Yeah, and he's doing a break. He did a backflip off the chair. Now he's doing Michael Jackson stuff moves. Wow, Michael Jackson was just like, it was like the meteor crashing to earth for the dinosaurs. It was this seismic event in music. There's basically the world before Michael Jackson and the world after. And George Martin spanned both those eras. Yeah, so, so I wrote him a letter. I somehow got a, I like sent, I like in the back of a magazine or something. Mm-hmm. It was like celebrity addresses. And I sent away <laughs> and got this. It's in Stalker magazine. Yeah, it was in Stalker. Well, I subscribed to Stalker. Yeah, and Paparazzi magazine. There's a few you, you were really intense with. Yeah, I let my subscription lapse when I was like, oh, another cover story about Nick Caps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this big book of, this like Xeroxed book of addresses. And I was like, I'm going to write to I, I George Martin. Why not? I, I almost can't believe that's legal. Because I figured, uh, well, it's, it's probably like his agency or his publishing company oh, or something. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't like, his, like one of those map of the stars home addresses. I mean, maybe. But that would be weird. Like, oh, 4792 Lake Street. Right. Apartment 4. 
No, I think it was like Care of EMI Music. Okay, so that that's, makes me feel better. Because I was thinking, well, clearly Paul, George, Ringo are not going to respond to me. But uh, but George Martin might. And he, re- and he sent me back a picture with like really shaky old man handwriting that said, like, Dear Brighton, cheers. Oh, lovely. It's cool. I should put that on my wall because that's a pretty cool thing to that's have. That's amazing. Yeah. But uh, no, very much responsible for shaping the sound of the Beatles. He was their producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy who said, this Pete Best fella just ain't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. I heard an interview with him today, and I'll just repeat it, because why not just plagiarize other material from other shows? Sure, why not? But the interview, and he said that he went to him and said, Pete Best has got to go. And they were like, oh, we all agree, but thanks for you being the bad guy. And then they all... So and he, then had he to was fire like, Pete. Me? And then, yeah. and then when he turned around, they are all gone. They are all gone, yeah. And Pete was just standing there. <laughs> Something to say. What'd you have? What's going on, George? <laughs> Paul said you had something to say to me. I don't know what Pete Best sounds like. It's really sad. He probably sounds like that. Yeah. That's, it's a pretty good guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, then, and then he says, uh, the way he told the story, it's got to be, have been that he's told the story for 50 years and the myth has built up. Yeah. So he says, so I hired, so I booked a session drummer. And then the rest of them show up and say, no, we want this Ringo fella to play. And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let Ringo do one take. And if it's any good, then we can keep him. Uh-huh. Fine. <laughs> and then Ringo's awesome. Yeah. And, and then it was the same thing with their songs. He didn't think they were good songwriters at all. So he's like, you guys are going to be stars. You're great performers. You're charismatic. But mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you can't write songs. So he went and found a song for them to record, and they recorded it, and he went... All right, you're going to be famous with this one. And they said, can we just please try one more time to write our own song? Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like, okay, I'll humor you. And then they show up three days later with Please Please Me. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, the way he phrased it was, and they got out of the studio, and I said, congratulations, lads. You've just made your first hit record. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. Anyway, murdered by a soccer player, George Martin. Yes. Man, he was, he was incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, you don't realize just how much work the producer does, especially on those Beatles records. Yeah, and, and, and he's the one bringing in the like lush string arrangements and mm-hmm. uh, the piano. What's the song with the piano? In my life, I think has a piano. Yeah, and it's like a harpsichord. Yeah, maybe it's that one, but no one could play it fast enough. Mm-hmm. So it, it does have a fast little bridge in it. Yes, but but no one could play it that fast. So okay. he played it and then sped up the tape. Okay, there so you go. So little, little things like that, like all those crazy studio tricks they were doing. No, he was innovative. Yeah, and, and, and they would they would just do experiments too. Yeah, and and leave things in like the I, I've heard the very first I can't remember what song it is has the first recording of feedback. Yeah, it's I is, feel fine. Is has it the I feel first fine? Intentional feedback. Yeah, and they just fi- they found that out in the in the studio that like oh let's try it you know. Yeah. That's just it's awesome. Or, or Strawberry Fields Forever where they couldn't decide which version they liked. So they did the first minute of one version and then the rest of it the other version. Mm-hmm. And then to make it match, like same thing, like slowed down the tape mm-hmm. on the more peppy one. No, I I I listen to, I still listen to the Beatles all the time. He's incredible. And the older I get, the more I appreciate the production. Yeah. I was so enamored by the voices and the singing when I was younger. But older, I'm like, I, especially once you get past their early stuff and into like Rubber Soul and yeah. past that, it, it, it gets weird. A few years ago, they re-released the CDs, and as if I need another recording of this, I mm-hmm. have it like, like I have old 
shitty vinyls. I have the re-released vinyls. I have the CDs, the tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the tapes that I dubbed from the library CDs. <laughs> but they re-released the CDs, and they were sold everywhere, like literally everywhere. You didn't have to go to Tower Records. You could go to 7-Eleven. Starbucks. So I bought Abbey Road at 7-Eleven along with a Reese's Cup. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, okay, fine. And then I listened to it, and it sounded way better. It's like, oh, wow, that's what Paul's bass sounded like. You can actually hear it. Really? Yeah. It was really interesting. I love the Beatles, man. Everyone loves the Beatles. Um, How do you feel about the doors? Break on through. That's what I say. <laughs> Holy shit, a ghost. <laughs> There's a ghost in the Ferris wheel. Oh my, don't move. Oh, my God. He's looking right at me, Brighton. <laughs> he's just flown around singing. <laughs> oh, he's, he's puking whiskey on us. Get out of here, Lizard King. <laughs> lizard King, It's the lizard. I heard of the, the tale of the Lizard King that haunts the fair. Podcast is strange when you're a champ. Uh, listeners ride in with topics to sink. Shoo! Shoo! Get out of Shoo, here, Jim out Morrison. Get out of here, Ghost Jim Morrison. Damn we it. don't need Jim Morrison in here. Okay, I think he dissipated. I think so, yeah. There's just a... Kind of smells like sweaty leather pants. Yeah, it's very leathery. Yeah, very humid. Ugh. We went to the Autorama this weekend. Yes. And I brought up the doors because one of the coolest cars we saw was this pink... I don't even know what it was. It was a long car. It was like the, the a Doors drug sex and rock and roll car. Yeah, it was a, this pink car with all this airbrushing decoration. On the back it said L.A. Woman. Mm-hmm. And then it had a trunk. The trunk was open and it had this velvet inlay where you could put Doors records. Mm-hmm. So it had all the Doors records embedded in this purple velvet thing. Uh, all around it was airbrushing. There was like a ghostly Jim Morrison airbrushed in it. That's probably where we picked him up. That's probably, he followed yeah. us back. He was haunt- haunting the car, got into us, yeah. I guess. That's why we've, we had such a wild weekend. Yeah. And then now he's in the, the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Or the, just the, the greater The greater fair. Smogville area. Yeah, in the, the Smogville area. Yeah. But it had, so it had that, it had all these L.A. scenescapes around it. But the best part was the front seat mm-hmm. where there was the steering wheel and next to it was a keyboard. Yeah. And, and a microphone coming out of, like, where the stick shift is. Yeah. So you can just cruise around. Singing, playing the keyboard. Yeah. Just at stoplights. Just funky. And then I think, like, Topless Jim was on the, tr- on the hood. Mm-hmm. And that was a funny moment, because right after that, um, we walked by some table, and this girl said, would you like a poster? And, yeah. and who am I to turn down a free poster of a car that I don't care about? And we were stunned by this Jim Morrison mobile. Yeah, we were just in a daze. We were like in this weird grinning daze. Yeah. Because it, it was just the coolest car. Yeah. And she goes, would you like a poster? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she takes a Sharpie and signs it. And then hands it to her friend who also signs it. And then they make fun of us for wearing matching outfits. Yeah, and then they, they do the same to me. They give, get a, do you want a poster? I, I guess. Yeah. They both sign it. And then, and then they're like, did you guys dress the same on purpose? <laughs> uh, we got to post that on Instagram, too, or that other, the other time we dressed the same accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and then I was like, wow, we just got made fun of by a celebrity? A model? I don't know who these people were. I, I'm pretty sure, this is my theory there, that they are in Lowrider Magazine. They're, they're models. 
Because there was a giant lowrider bat, like like uh, not a banner, like a trailer behind behind them. Could have just been parked there. It was an autorama. <laughs> yeah, it could have just been that someone left it there. Yeah. Yeah, that was bizarre. Now the reason we were there was to meet a celebrity, mm-hmm. superstar, a, a super a superstar. Thank you. Let's let's clarify that. Yeah, to meet a superstar, former. World heavyweight champion Daniel Bryan. Yep. Yeah, of the WWE. Recently retired. Yeah, just retired. And it's only fitting that a a podcast about champions would want to go see a champion. Yeah. Yeah, we had to. That's a lot of champions. Because, (laughs) right, three champions in one building. Mm -hmm. We should have been signing autographs for them. That's true. For whoever those people were. Uh, Walking into it, we were we were both talking on the way there to the convention center. You know, I just don't, don't really care about cars. I'm not into cars. Yeah. And we, we were on the same page. We, you know, we'll see a cool car and go, oh, cool car. And that's the extent of it. I've never seen a car and been like, oh, dude, check out that new Nissan. Yeah. People I know, do that. I, I've been around people that do that. All my former coworkers. I no longer have coworkers. The the only I still have a job, but I don't have coworkers. But they were all uh, way into cars. Any? You have no coworkers. There's an old guy in the corner. Office. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. Yeah, things are just falling apart left and right. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, the only way, way I can kind of relate is I always loved the General Lee, the Dukes of Hazard car yeah. when I was a kid. And I went to a state fair to see the General Lee. And I was probably five. But yeah. the first time I saw it, I didn't, I didn't realize there was more than one, even though they went through oh. about 35 a season. <laughs> oh, sure. Because every time they'd, they'd do a jump, they'd destroy the car. Yeah. Which, duh, obviously. But as a kid, I thought, well, they have mechanics that will just fix the tires. Yeah. Not realizing the the car had gone 200 feet, you know, and then just dropped. It just, Boy, that's weird. I never thought about that. You always hear about movie budgets. Yeah. And why they're so high. And then I didn't realize that they buy things that are really expensive just to break them and throw them out. It's kind of heartbreaking. There's actually yeah. uh, a shortage of that. Of the generally, I think it's a. I always, I always space it. It's like a '68. Not ch- is it a Charger? I think it is. Yeah, I'll look it up. Um, and there's, I've heard there's a shortage of it because J- the Dukes of Hazard, not a shortage, but this, the, and this sounds kind of fantastical. Yeah, it's it a Dodge e- Charger. It was a Dodge Charger. Was it '68 or '69? '69. Okay, '69. <laughs> um, the the they're, they're, they destroyed like forty a season. So they personally destroyed like 500 uh, Dodge Chargers. To get off track real quick, did you hear about the guitar in Hateful Eight? Uh-uh. That is heartbreaking. What, they they what? were lent for the production from the Martin Guitar Museum, or the Martin Stringed Instrument Museum. Like an actual guitar from 1868 or whenever that movie takes place. Uh-huh. And fucking Kurt Russell smashed it. What? Because he's just in the moment. He thought, oh, I should smash this guitar. He didn't realize it was the real thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the Martin Company, they thought it was just an on-set accident, like maybe a, a piece of the set fell on it, and they were kind of cool. And then when they're like, wait, you're telling me Kurt Russell smashed it because no one told him not to. So they're very upset. Wow, yeah. as they should be. Yeah. That is crazy. I don't even re- remember him smashing a, a guitar. Yeah, they probably didn't even use the take. Wow. Yes, it's a six string from 1870. 
Oh my god. So th- this this guitar has been through wars, World War 1, the depression, you know, World War 2, all this stuff. And then it was smashed by a movie star for a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it. I don't got that kind of time. Right. I don't have 3 hours. I don't have 3 hours to watch a movie unless someone tells me this is a movie to watch. Right. Wow. Anyway, so these cars, and, and going back to those rare things, we saw a 69G. Okay, point is, we both agreed we weren't really excited about cars, and then as soon as we walked in, we were like, whoa! Look at this one! Look at all these cars! Dude, come over here, look at this car! Yeah, our plan was to go in, beeline it straight to Daniel Bryan, but we wandered around for like an hour. Yeah. Maybe longer. I think it was longer. I think it was about two hours of looking at cars. Yeah, we just looked at... There were some amazing cars there. They were so shiny. Dude, yeah. I couldn't... I was so interested. I wanted to meet the owners, and they, they'd be like, so, this engine? I'm like, no, I don't care about the engine. How'd you get it so shiny? Right. And we and I was blown away by some of the colors. Yeah. We had a discussion whether these colors existed in 1970 or depending depending on the vehicle. Yeah, looking at the 60s and 70s muscle cars, and they're in like fluorescent green. They were glowing. And just glowing. And then that's something I meant to to research is, now, someone someone out there knows about this. Right. You know, what colors did they originally come in? Or is this some... See, I figured if you're going to restore a vintage car, you're going to make it as authentic as possible. Right. But I don't know. Were they bright orange? Yeah, there was there was some yeah that that one we were looking at was like this mutagen ooze green, just glowing yeah. slime green. Yeah, that is the best way to put it. It looked like Slimer. Yeah, and I just thought this couldn't they couldn't have had this in 1972, but maybe. And then I love some of the the weird kind of oh, they can just do the coolest paint jobs now, almost like a, a beetle shell or layers that change colors or kind of these ghost images. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Even the airbrushing, mm-hmm. and it's it's so interesting that when you're airbrushing your car, you're just you're just gonna go for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna airbrush something classy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's see. I'm gonna spend sixty grand on this vintage car and airbrush it. So like, I don't know, dollar signs and naked chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, some of the themes. Were just... Most of them were dollar signs and naked chicks. The yeah. occasional pot leaf. Yeah. Just the classics, I guess. Yeah, the standards. Um, it was a nice glimpse into that world too of the of people that that are way into cars. Yeah, because I forgot there were so many, almost just kind of old greaser, you know, mechanic guys. Yeah, just just old guys that have that have just lived and breathed cars their entire lives. Yeah. The way we've lived and breathed more important things like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> These dorks with their cars. Right. They don't know shit about Tony Gwynn. No, not at all. Peter Porker. (laughs) The difference between a a B-wing and a Y-wing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, there was a GTO, and it said it was one of the only ones in the world in this particular color. I wish I could remember what it was called. Beautiful car, this uh, sparkly blue, and it was called, Mm -hmm. like, Lake Ketchum Blue or something. Yeah. And it said it was only one in five in that color. And then there was these four old guys sitting next to it. So I said to them, oh, is this your car? And they said, no. <laughs> so they just went and sat by it. But then they knew all about it. So I, they I did? just said, well, maybe you know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, because you seem like car fellas. Right. And uh, yeah, they did. There was only five ever made in that color. 
Wow. So that's bonkers. And then there were all these weird custom Mad Max mobiles. Yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. I, w- yeah. I wasn't expecting it to have kind of the more creative side of of. I just, I just picture. I actually s- sort of thought it was some kind of trade show, where we were we were going to see the new Cadillacs and stuff. No, that's what I thought. Yeah. So like, I was like, I was 2017 Plymouth. Yeah, I was way unexcited. Yeah. I'm just like, boy, I can't wait to see those new Hondas. Yeah. And, yeah. But instead, it's all you know, hearse cars and and old. You know, Lamborghinis and and all just just the gamut of cool cars. Any kind of car that would be on a poster you would hang in your fifth grade bedroom. Uh huh. Yeah, that's exactly it. Minus the muscle truck. I guess there was a lot of big cool trucks, but not monster trucks. Yeah. No monsters allowed. No, no. In no. the Autorama. Not in the Autorama. <laughs> oh, there was a whole fleet of Herbies. Those looked really good. Yeah. That nice. I really like that cream color. Yeah, I I, I loved Herbie when I was a kid. I have only seen. I the call Lindsay him. Lohan. I call him Ocho. And if you're if you're into Herbie, you understood that, but you didn't get my joke. Well, his number is fifty three. Right. Is that what they call him, Ocho? Well, this this little kid does, and in the end, it's because he's he's like a Mexican he's kid. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, it turns out he speaks Spanish. And and he uh, uh, five plus three is eight. He explains it in the end. Ah. And as a child, I knew I could I could count in Spanish, but I didn't make the connection. So it was like. As a child, it was like the way it was for me as a teenager to see the usual suspects. When uh, Kaiser Sose is revealed at the end and they drop the coffee mug, you know. Yeah. And it was the same thing. When the little kid's like, five plus three equals eight. And eight is ocho. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, did, I just thought he was calling him ocho for fun. Like a nickname. Yeah. But my, but I I didn't even put it together as a six year old, and it just and it blew my mind. It was one of the first times a movie really I was like, holy shit, Herbie goes bananas. <laughs> I saw the Lindsay Lohan one in the theater. How was it? I never saw it. I almost saw it because I loved Herbie so much when I was a child. I was just thinking, I saw so many bad movies in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. There were, I don't know if there were a lot of bad movies or if just for some reason I was going to the movies twice a week. But, uh, yeah, I, so anyway, my point is I don't remember how it was. I'm assuming not good. Yeah. Who else was in that? It seems like like maybe Steve Carell or someone should have been yeah, in Yeah, her dad was someone famous. Oh, uh, Michael Keaton was her dad, and then Matt Dillon was the driver. The, what, like Racer X, like the bad guy? No, he, oh, yeah, Trip Murphy. He drove the Cheetos car. <laughs> Justin Long. Justin Long was in it. Yeah. Fresh off Jeepers Creepers, <laughs> yeah, or maybe before. No, he had to be. He had to be on that riding that Jeepers Creepers high. Yeah, it was riding that wave. Anyway, uh, no generally no Batmobiles, no uh, Octoplasm, Ecto Cooler. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Ghostbusters car. Yeah, hearse. Yeah, yeah, but um, but so the main event, fittingly enough, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, he his his star shined so brightly, so briefly. Right. And uh, you know, wrestling. We've talked about wrestling on the show a lot, and it's one of those weird sports where, unlike basketball, where you're like 19 and you're in your prime, and then by 32 you're done. In it's wrestling, of, it's kind of the opposite. You make it to the big time when you're like 36. Yeah. Is when you finally break into the WWE. Mm-hmm. And I think probably their youngest guys. Seth Rollins is like 29. Yeah. So, you know, he paid his dues for years in the indie circuit. 
uh, very unlikely hero because um, he's got a long head, <laughs> got a very long head. Um, he's not like huge. He's probably six feet, maybe, maybe six feet at best. Yeah, probably shorter, like five eleven, five ten. Yeah, and this is a field dominated by giant men, by monsters. Yeah, like last week we talked about giant boys when they become giant men. Yeah, these are the giant men. Yeah, and they're big. You know, seven feet tall, 500 pounds. They're, yeah. they're monsters. Arms like tree trunks. Yeah. <laughs> Sturdy like an oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he's, he's listed at 5'10". Okay, 5'10". Wow. And that's his official height, which might be fudging. Wow. So I was way off. Well, yeah. I guess he was sitting down. Oh, yeah. I think I was just not sure what to expect. I thought he was going to be bigger than, than I expected. Well, that doesn't make oh, sense. He's, wow, he's a year younger than me. <laughs> That's funny. I pictured him as a grown-up. <laughs> me as a kid. Now he's a year younger than me, which makes him, what, three, three or four years younger than you? Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, so he's 5'10". Mm-hmm. He's, he's not, like, real muscly. He's not particularly oily. Um, he's a vegan. He's an environmentalist. Mm-hmm. Very humble. He's from Aberdeen, Washington, uh, which is where Kurt Cobain's from. Uh, which I didn't know until you told me in our hour-long line. Wait. Yeah, we waited in line for an hour and a half. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, we, did. we, we got it all out. Yeah, we, did. We, we should have recorded it. We, we, we would have had an episode. Yeah, it would have saved us a lot of time right now. Mm. Uh, yeah, Aberdeen, the sign, we, that's something we debated. The sign to Aberdeen says, come as you are. And was that the inspiration for the song, or did they put that on the sign after the song, yeah. after their famous hometown song? And we did our, our famous conjecture where we just are trying to find the answer to a question that's unanswerable <laughs> through just imagination, mainly. Okay, or, it, or is, got, it is a tribute to Kurt Cobain. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, then I was wrong. I, I thought for sure it's got to be where he came up with the idea. Yeah. Because it seemed like such a Kurt Cobain thing. Yeah. Just, right about some shitty teenage thing that happened, you know. Yeah, some stupid sign yeah, you had to drive by and yeah. wish you were out of there. Yeah, or you're shooting BBs at, at it with your BB gun when you were out drinking. Yeah. But going back a, a few steps, I do like our continued commitment to mm-hmm. trying to solve problems that have factual answers mm-hmm. by just talking our way through them. It, it's a satisfying, it's, it's, it feels good to do. Yeah. It's, we're rarely right, though. No, it really does feel good to talk about something for 20 minutes and finally be like, that must be it. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense in yeah. the narrative of our mind. <laughs> yeah. So, so one thing about another thing about Daniel Bryan is he's famous for wearing plaid shirts. He's he has a very northwest look. He has beard, long hair. He used to have long hair. Now it's short. Yeah. yeah. But he but he's bearded. He kind of looks like a lumberjack. Yeah, he's totally like the modern hipster. Right. And so Bright, both Brighton and I separately decided we would dress like him yeah. to get our picture taken yeah. with him. Now, this is typically I wear a plaid shirt every day anyway, but as I was selecting my outfit, I chose that one on purpose. And, and I wear them quite often as well, but this was also, I, I, I rarely button them up. And so we're together, both wearing, we show up, or Brighton shows up to pick me up. We're both wearing plaid shirts and, and just like blue jeans, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and Daniel Bryan, he just he retired about three weeks ago after not really wrestling. Oh, so anyway, Unlikely Hero becomes, like, maybe the most popular guy the WWE's ever seen. Right. At least in terms of fan reaction. He could get an entire stadium of 20,000 people chanting, yes, yes, yes. Or at WrestleMania. Now, WrestleMania, yeah. probably 70,000 like 70, 70, people. 70,000 people saying yes. 
And now that yes chant has transcended, and I've seen them at, at baseball games, uh, uh, especially Giants games, because he's friends with all the Giants, because they all look like him. <laughs> Hipsters. Yeah. So that yes thing is they're doing it at, at real sports now. Well, I'm mm-hmm. other sports. Um, and, then, you know, he, he won every possible title. He was huge. He was headlining WrestleMania. And then he got hurt, missed a year. And then finally, at age 34 now, they said, you, you're just done. You can't do this anymore. Yeah. Because of his head injuries and neck injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, so very tearful retirement just a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he was just forced into retirement by, by those, those problems. Yeah, which is uh, unusual because typically those problems are ignored. Right. And that's why wrestlers die by age 45. Right. By, by Same with football players. Yeah. So it, it is kind of it shows a lot of a lot of guts to just walk away from the thing you love the most. Because mm-hmm. he he clearly loved it. If you watched his retirement speech, he clearly loved what he did. Yeah. And I, and in line, I was talking to you about how weird it was that you just about his career that you spend years. It's it's like being in a punk band or something. You're playing these shows in garages and. I'll bet, he, I'll bet he's done the most crappy venue you could imagine. I'll bet he's been in the auditorium of, of some local church or YMCA oh, sure. yeah. with four, pe- halls. four yeah. people in the audience, yeah. and they're jumping and wrestling. Yeah. And then to announce your ret- retirement uh, on you know, Good Morning America and, yeah. like, and go and, you know, on ESPN, yes, yeah. I'm retiring, have your chant, tran- like you said, transcend into actual Major League Baseball. Yeah. It must be crazy. <laughs> and that's still a fairly short amount of time. Yeah. Four or five years. Yeah. Or even just, even just 15 years. Oh, you mean from even the beginning? Even just thinking yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Yeah. To go from to people I mean, like... In 15 years, I, I went from living in an apartment in Holiday to living in an apartment in Salt Lake. Okay. And I'm like, wow, I made it eight miles up the road. <laughs> right. Yes. It's, it's pretty mind-boggling. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we wait in line for a very long time. Uh, and we just watch the routine. You, you hand your item to be autographed to some guy mm-hmm. who hands it to him. Daniel Bryan shakes your hand, and then he does his two fingers in the air thing. Mm-hmm. And then we were watching the people, how awkwardly... Oh, and then there's some girl you hand your phone or camera to. Yeah, so they'll, they'll take a photo with your own yeah. camera. Yeah, and so everyone sort of... Because he's sitting down and you're standing up. So everyone would do this super awkward half lean to yeah. get closer to him, but it, then like their their like bellies going to the right, their hips are going no, to the it, left. It's the equivalent of taking a photo of yourself from below. You know, you, you give yourself a double chin. Well, oh, this yeah. is your entire body's double chin. <laughs> yeah, so your entire so, body's a double chin. So he's sitting down behind a table, and you are hunched over, and you are just you look like. I don't know, like just like Jabba the Hut or something. Yeah. And I could see p- the phone screens. And realize there's plenty of room if you could just stand up straight. You could stand up straight. Or you could kneel down, and then you're fine. Mm-hmm. But everyone doing these bizarre contortions. So we had such a long conversation. I was getting so nervous about what to do. Yeah, we were panicking. Because uh, th- there's the Haley Atwell debacle. Yes. Which uh, we've talked about on the other show. But Did we talk re- about it? Maybe, but we should reset it. Okay. So Haley Atwell, who plays Agent Carter on the show Agent Carter and, and uh Peggy Carter, the same character, love interest to Captain America in the movies. Yeah. I I just love and I'm a big fan of the Captain America franchise. Uh in comics before there was even the movies. But she she came to a Comic Con and I I'm not big on taking my photo with celebrities. 
I thought that it, I kind of think it's a waste of money and kind of stupid, you know, and, and it's kind of surreal. Like every yeah. time we do something like this, I, it, I leave feeling weird. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But I, I waited in line for like two hours, something crazy. It cost, I think it cost somewhere between 70 and 90 bucks, something like that. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm spending this much money. I'm, I'm putting down $90. I want to get my money's worth. I want to say her name, look her in the eye, so it's not so it's less weird. Yeah, and so it's but it's such a, a production line, it's such a just a conveyor belt of people because they've got to get five hundred people in one hour of photograph, so it's every second. Yeah. So I go in there, I I walk up to her, I look her dead in the eyes, which probably terrified her, <laughs> and said hello, Haley, you know, to yeah. actually say her name, and then I was so concentrated on that that. When I, I turned my head, and then it was just a flash of light. So I, and I, as soon as the photo was done, I was like, oh, no. I could just tell the way it felt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have the word. I'm going to look ridiculous. And I went around and got my photo, and it, it might literally be the worst photo ever taken of me. It really looks like someone jumped out of the bushes and said, hey, Sean Black. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, out of, you're I, like, What? I'm 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 simultaneously grinning like a maniac, pulling my head back like I'm startled, and and somehow make, giving myself a double chin at the same time while hunching in this weird contorted, like I'd been electrocuted. And it even seems like the photo isn't good. Like it seems like you even have red eye, mm-hmm. and like the you can see the flash reflecting off your skin. No, it's I. It's the worst photo ever taken of me, and and the most expensive photo I've ever purchased. So I'm gonna oh, get redemption. So so I I I I understand this panic of yeah of you've got to get your story straight. You got to figure out exactly how you're gonna do this. Yeah, and then when they advertise those comic convention photos too. It's always like a celebrity's doing some little skit with you, mm-hmm. like oh, it's like they've got a stethoscope and you're you're a patient, like it's. And it, I just think like, how are they doing this? Like, hey, will you put this hat on and I have a prop and then do this? That's literally when, when, what they're doing. Yeah, when you're when you're in line and it's like go, go, go. It's seriously like D Day jumping out of the airplane. Yeah, it it is. So I, I I don't I don't know how they do it. They must have be able to pull some strings. Like they went first, and they had a minute to talk to her while they're setting up the camera. I I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that these photos that they show are the people that work for the convention, and they're just doing silly ones to promote the photos. Yeah, because it's one second. Yeah, I didn't even literally didn't have time to turn my head. I did get to eat pizza with Stephen Amell, so that's pretty cool. That's way cool. Oliver Queen from Arrow, and I I was waited in line with two greasy slices of pizza. Yeah. And then I got out there and said, will you eat pizza with me? Or I said, will you pretend to eat pizza with me? And he went, oh, okay. <laughs> so there we go. It's pretty cool picture. He rules. But, but I'm doing cool something picture. too, because I'm holding the, I, I hate the picture because I'm holding the pizza up. Like I didn't realize how much room you had. Kind of. So I didn't, I didn't pivot with my elbows. I was like, to bring this pizza to my mouth, I will raise my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I forgot that my elbows worked, so I'm, like, raising my shoulders so I have no neck. I'm also bent down weird. And then, like, my mouth is wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza. Pizza with a star. I'm the guy that eats pizza with the stars. (laughs) I lost my neck in an accident, in a Volkswagen accident. Oh, our beloved photos. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. 
And Haley Atwell looks so great in my photo. <laughs> like, perfect. Almost looks like I'm standing next to one of those cardboard stand-ups, you know? Like, professional quality smile and stance. <laughs> ah! Speaking, so, so speaking we of f- which, Fanex is coming up, and uh, we don't have tickets, and we weren't invited. So if anyone has a spare ticket you just want to give us, like, go ahead and do that. Yeah, or an inn of some <laughs> kind, some kind of industry inn. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll happily use a stethoscope on your celebrity or eat pizza with them if you want to make some photos like that. Oh, if they're going to pay for a photo op with... Uh, yeah, we'll help them do that the night Buzz before. Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, Buzz will be there. Is he there? <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. It's such a weird lineup. You know... The comic book convention. Let's get Buzz Aldrin and Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. What? Booger's there, though. Oh, we got to go meet Booger. Oh, I, that would... I have no attachment to Booger. You can meet Booger. Uh, I'm going to meet... You have no uh, attachment to Booger? I've never, I've never really paid attention to those movies. Wow. You had a terrible childhood then. Yeah. I did. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Let's move along. <laughs> I had a great childhood. Um, so, okay, so so back to this, though. We're in line and just panicking on what to do. And I came up with this, like, WCP hand gesture for yeah. World Champion Podcast. Like a gang sign. Yeah, so, but and then I was trying to figure it out because, like, wait, which what does a C look like? And which, which way is backwards? With, which way is backwards in the picture? And then you do the P. And we just realized we were just going to screw it up. Oh, somehow. we were going to. I realized it was going to be like our other experiences all over. Yeah. And then we were going to kneel in front of him and, and like hold each other's hands. Or not, <laughs> not, not hold each other's hands, but like, like high five. Like, uh, like when, um, uh, Dutch and Dylan, Dylan meet in Predator. Predator. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah, two was... tough guys, both flexing. Yeah. Doing a really cool pose. So we finally decided to just do the same thing everyone else is doing, the, the double up, yes. Yeah. And uh, so what hap- So we finally get up there. We're last in line. <laughs> I know. We were, really were. Yeah. And then in front of us, should we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. He's not listening. Yeah. He, I, there was, <laughs> we were in a convention hall. It was about... 70 degrees maybe sure. 65 it's comfortable it's comfortable we're both wearing our flannel shirts buttoned up so we, and we weren't sweating and we're sweaty guys we are very sweaty guys and the guy that cut in front of us looked like first of all he looked like he was wearing clothes on top of his clothes <laughs> he was his clothes had clothes on it was like he had his full outfit on and then he'd put on triple xl sweatpants and triple xl sweatshirt mm-hmm. his hair was just matted to his head and and wet and, and I couldn't tell if it was like greasy or if it was just just wet, yeah. and then just bright red face, sweating profusely. I mean, his eyes were bulging like out of his bulging head. bulging out of his head, and he was like, and the whole time it's not like maybe okay, maybe he walked really briskly to right, get in right. line. No, we were in line for an hour, and the whole time he's like Shaquille O'Neal in the fourth quarter. He was dripping, dripping, and you'd think if if. You would like wipe your brow on your sleeve, but no, just let it drip. Just, just let it go where it dripping. wants. Dripping and and he was purple. He was a purple man. Yeah, I couldn't even. I I thought this guy is having a heart attack. Yeah, or a stroke right here. But he seemed comfortable. Yeah, aside from his eyeballs boggling out of his head. Yeah, but 
Yeah, he was he was just clearly had had a worse experience with a photo with a celebrity. <laughs> so he was just he was at, it was like flashbacks of Nam thinking of the time he met Topher Grace and his pants fell down or whatever. <laughs> he was so excited to get his picture with Topher Grace. Yeah, at the amazing around the Amazing Spider-Man Two era, Topher Grace <laughs> yeah. Venom. Yeah, that that he just you know fainted or or just something horrible happened. Yeah, and just picture after picture, you know. So he was he was hearing whenever someone has a flashback to Nam, it's always the Doppler effect of a plane, like oh yeah, and then like bombs dropping. <laughs> so he was hearing cameras clicking and flashes yeah. going off, yeah. and someone going next, next, yeah. next, <laughs> next, sir, next, yeah. <laughs> Mister Grace. I just want to say next. Oh, then he gets just his quick photo. question: When you were in the Venom suit, next. <laughs> Yeah, but just yeah. So I, I, that's all I could reckon that why he was just sw- purple faced, sweating, <laughs> blood pounding through his veins. Yeah. Uh, so it couldn't have gone better. We get up there. He shakes our hands. Mm-hmm. I say, "Nice to meet you." He says, "Nice to meet you." And I said, "I shook his hand and said, I'm a big fan." Yeah. And he said, "Thank you." Yeah. And I bet he meant it. I'm sure he meant it. So then. <laughs> So we kneeled down to do our pose, and he he looked at us and went, hey, plaid shirt club. (laughs) Yes, because he was just like we had hoped, wearing a plaid shirt. So there's the three of us all grinning, all pointing to the sky with our plaid shirt club. It's the inauguration of our club. He founded it, too. He He invited us to join. No, we were walking on sunshine. When we were leaving, (laughs) I, I felt great. I was like, that was so fun and cool and weird. And then I pointed out, do you realize that Daniel Bryan started a club with us? It's the plaid shirt club. It was his idea. Uh-huh. He founded it. He came to us, a world yeah. champion to world champions. He wanted to get together. So that's a cool... I can, for the rest of my life, say I am in a club. I was asked to join a club and start a club with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, a founding member of this club. Because mm-hmm. I invited Stephen Amell to my pizza eating club, but he hasn't paid one dime in no. I don't think he's into it. Yep. But I, I've already mailed off my money order for $40 mm-hmm. in annual dues to the Plaid Shirt Club. The plaid Shirt Club. We've got to stay up on dues. Yeah. That was, it was really kind of a fun moment. Yeah. And it was, it, when we were waiting in line, you know, for an hour, I just thought, why, why are we doing this? But then as we were leaving, I told you that, that was totally worth it. I would have, Sunday, uh, what, on Sunday otherwise, I would have just been watching TV. Yeah. In my sweats, in my sweats on top of sweats, <laughs> face just, face sweating, yeah, just horribly <laughs> sweating, watching TV, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was good, good time. So uh, it's time for the Degrassi Junior High Minute episode, sealed with a kiss. I didn't have time to watch it, so uh, we'll do that next week. All right, but as a little teaser, Erica claims to be more mature than her twin sister. Erica then has a romantic encounter with a high school boy, but it all goes wrong. Oh. So we can look forward to that next week, perhaps. Okay. Um, we asked you, our listeners, to send in topics for us to talk about. Right. Uh, we decided not to put them in a taco bag. Mm-hmm. We have written each topic down on a wooden nickel and placed it into a pickle jar. We have to use what's around us. There's not a lot of taco places yeah. in Smogville. There is a lot of pickle shops, though. There's a lot, and that makes it hard to decide. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we're going to get to that. Uh, our friend Kevin does write in. I've never met him. I said our friend, but I just mean friend of the program. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin writes in, hello, lads. I'm glad to have you back. Long-time listener, big fan of the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, perfect. You're going to love this episode, I'm then. I'm emailing in my support for your proposed special episode dedicated to the Duke boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I just got, you've got... Does he have a specific episode he wants to, to watch? No, but uh, maybe he can, he can write us in. Okay, yeah. Maybe follow up on that if you hear this, because I'm looking... I have the first few seasons on DVD, but the rest are you can still track down. Yeah. Um, Alexandra Stuckey wrote in, subject line, I demand satisfaction. Great to hear from you, Alex, first of all. And thank you for putting each point in an uh, individual bullet point. Oh, it makes it easier uh, to which, put, which put on the overhead. Easier. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this was your intention, um, but as she wrote, here's a bunch of shit I want to say to you. So we're going to get to all these eventually, um, but we're going to just pull a couple of these out at random and see what we got here. So we're doing it. We're, we're putting them in the pickle jar. They're in the pickle jar. All right, pick a wooden nickel there. All right. <laughs> okay. Alex number two is what I wrote on that, because okay. I couldn't possibly fit everything on there. Okay. So Alex number two. Oh, this is more of a comment. <laughs> Thank you for your continued dedication to Degrassi Junior High. It was my favorite segment in Pizza Party Podcast, and its resurgence has improved my life immeasurably. Well, thank you. I'm, gl I'm glad to know that you're enjoying that. Okay. I, I love the hell out of it. I don't know if I'm boring people or what. Well, but yeah, I'm not. let us know if you want more Degrassi or less. No. Okay. Only let us know if you like it. Okay, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Pretty much everything. Just only let In us know. In general, yeah. I don't want any constructive criticism. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Topic number five comes from Seth. It simply says, no regurts tattoos. <laughs> No regrets. Oh yeah. man, I love that. I it, it's it is the most baffling thing to me that this can happen in in 2016. Oh, misspelled tattoos. Yes, misspelled yeah. tattoos. Yeah. I have a lot of tattoos, and I have a bunch that are that are writing. And even though I know how to to spell and I know grammar and all that, I double check, I triple check, I keep looking it up just to make sure. Because I, I do, I have. I have a tattoo that says, now you're thinking. And I was so stressed about the your. Oh, yeah. I just kept, I just look, even though I knew it, I kept looking it up. Like, I got to make sure that it's not used in grammar differently. You know, it's not why, you know. So to get a no regrets tattoo, I guess, I guess if you, if you truly feel that way, like that, the sentiment, then you don't care. Yeah. And some of them have to be tongue in cheek. You think so? Because there's, there's too many no regrets. I don't know, man. They're or no usually, regrets. They're they're usually done, with you know, pretty bad. This I there's some small town tattoo parlor where the the guy just sent away for a a three week course through the mail. Yeah. to learn tattooing. Because it, it it's one thing if it's like a prison tattoo that some drunk was in a in a biker club house mm -hmm. was like oh no regrets. Yeah. But when they're like in that calligraphy and they took time mm -hmm. and. Yeah, I'm just Googling misspelled tattoos, and there's a lot. It, Here's, it's get better. I like it's get better. There's uh, what's there's one that's in a lot of them. Never don't give up. There's a lot of y the your your problem. Any kind of there there there. Yeah. 
any of those are super common in misspelled tattoos because something that's tattoo related that I do is every pretty much once a month, maybe once every two months, I Google face tattoos. Oh yeah, I love face tattoos. I love looking at at they're just fascinating to me. You know, even though I have a bunch of tattoos, it's such a bold statement to 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 show society. Yeah, I find them really disturbing. I kind of do too. And and not because I think that they're like thugs or whatever, but I just think it's disturbing to make any sort of very irreversible decision like that. Well, what about a tattoo that's on your arm or something? Well, that's different. Your face is your face. Face is your face. You can wear a long sleeve shirt and and tattoos are cool mm-hmm. in general, but um you're like to people identify you by your face. Also, and to like mutilate it mm-hmm. in such an extreme way. Maybe I'm just close-minded, but it's it's just like disturbing to me that someone has, I don't know. It's it's very it's hard to describe. I have I have a fa- face tattoo. It's, just, it's disturbing to me on a very deep level. Well, th- this will probably keep this will probably disturb you even more. Yeah. So I was getting a tattoo once, and I and every time I, I get a, I get a tattoo, I'll ask the tattoo artist if they've done a weird tattoo lately or what's. I'll just kind of try to find out what what weird thing they've been doing or what tattoo are you sick of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was getting a tattoo once and I asked the, my tattoo artist if he had ever done a face tattoo and he said he won't now. And I was like, won't now. Oh. And so I asked him about it and he told me that this guy came in, he wanted to have, uh, so he wanted his cheeks to be fire and then he wanted to have Adam and Eve naked on one on each cheek of his face. Okay. And, and he and the tattoo artist said, "No, I don't do face tattoos, like because it, you know, that's it's just, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it." The guy kept, came in every day for the next couple weeks. Was like, "I want this face tattoo. I want." And finally, yeah. he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'll do the face tattoo." So he so before they tattoo you, for those of you who don't have a tattoo, they draw it out. So he went back and got the the like transfer paper, or whatever, yeah. drew it, drew it out, drew out the flames, drew out Adam and Eve naked. Brings it back. He's like, N-, the guy takes a look and says, now make, make Adam's uh, private parts bigger. How can you tell it's Adam and Eve at this point? Oh, I know, because you think like a f- the fig leaf the is, fig leaf is, is how the big, you know. yeah. so it's just naked people at yeah. this point. Yeah. Maybe she had a fig leaf over her private parts, but, he, but apparently Adam's, no, maybe he made him erase the fig leaf and add the penis. Yeah. Because then, he, then he's like, okay, and he goes back. And he brings back the drawing a few minutes later. And it's like, no, make it bigger. And then he goes back and does it again. <laughs> He's like, make it bigger. So, and the, and the, so the tattoo artist, no joke, told me that the, the Adam's penis in this drawing was down to his knees. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and so he did it. He tattooed flames on this guy's face and a naked Eve and a naked Adam with a, like a foot-long penis. Where's this guy now? I don't know, he's working with, you know, teaching troubled youth probably. I don't know. <laughs> it was just, it, I, it was blowing my mind. Yeah. And then I, I told him, please send me a photo of this, of this tattoo. I've got to see this. And I, get, or I gave him my phone number. He already had it, but I was like, yeah. you've got to text me a photo of this. And he never did. Ah. Well, if you're listening out there, dick face. Yeah. If, if you <laughs> let did, us know. If this is your face. Send us your face. Yeah. Watch it be like one of our longtime listeners. Someone who's emailed us all along and okay, don't know well, what they look like. If you are a listener, ex- kind of explain the motivation. Yeah. 
I would we'll get you on the show. I would be curious to hear the, the just the whole story from your point of view. I would be willing to pay for a flight to Smogville. I think I would too. To be live in studio in Ferris Wheel. In Ferris Wheel. Yeah. Now I don't have any real tattoos, and and the big reason for that, I mean, I want them. I follow a lot of tattoo artists online or on Instagram. I'm always thinking about it. What I'm afraid of is that I will describe what I want, not realizing that it's stupid, and they're just going to be like, okay, great, and go along with it, but in their mind they're making fun of me for getting something so stupid. But my even bigger fear is I'm going to describe what I want, and they're going to be like, you know, I don't think that really works. Um, how about we do this, and I'm just going to be so intimidated by you know this professional tattoo artist, I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, that sounds cool too. And then I'm going to get something that I will regret. It's probably both very valid fears. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to say I want this, this, and this. And they're like, you know, I've kind of done that, and it doesn't quite play. How about instead, like, a dagger? Hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't really care about daggers. I'm like, no, like a dagger and a panther. Oh, now it'll look cool. Trust me. Oh, okay. There's, def- okay. there's definitely aspects to that, because I've brought in drawings I've made to get tattooed, and then I'll, the, the tattoo artist will... will Say why the composition won't work. Yeah, for where on the body I want it and stuff. Yeah, I've learned that a lot of things. Now that's t- legit. Like I'll take that. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a lot of sizing things where they'll say, "Well, this definitely needs to be bigger. Or it's yeah. going to look weird, or it's going to get blurry." And so, but I, I don't think they straight up go, "Well, an octopus would definitely be more badass for a back tattoo." Yeah, I know you really like this this uh, Shaquille O'Neal slam dunkin', but have you thought about octopuses? Yeah. Or, or I'm afraid that they'll draw something. Like, if you're getting something custom and they go draw it out, I'm afraid that if I reject it, I'll hurt their feelings and think, like, oh, gosh, they just spent an hour drawing this. That, well, that, and, then, and then I'll just be – and then I'll because I just know myself. I know I'm just not and be like, um, yeah, that, that looks cool. That's, that's probably closest to the truth of what would actually happen. Yeah. Because they do go back there and, and draw it out, and, and I've – I've kind of I'm, when I was younger and getting tattoos, I didn't really think a lot about how much time was going into that. Yeah, and I, this one guy, I had I was trying to have him change a bunch of stuff, and he literally got grouchy with me. Yeah, and I don't want someone to not be on my side if they're going to be stabbing me, right? Permanently, right? You know? Or ha- or be in a bad mood towards you. Yeah. Now I have but one tattoo. I am constantly getting asked if I have any regrets about it. Mm-hmm. It's on my wrist. It was done. Uh, late night at a party by someone wielding a pin and some acrylic paints from Walmart. Mm. Stick and stick and poke. Stick and poke it was. So obviously a youthful indiscretion that I made at age 33. <laughs> <laughs> obviously a drunken decision that I made while completely sober. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, I walked into this party, and, and I didn't even know anybody there but one friend who said, can you just drop me off at this party? And then they said, do you want to come in? And I walked in and said, oh, we doing tattoos? Next. Yeah. And it was an idea I'd been thinking of for a long time, and there's just something of like, if I don't jump in this now, it's going to, five years from now, I'm still going to be thinking about it and weighing pros and cons. You'll have regrets. Like, I'll have regrets, yeah. And you, don't, and you want no regrets. I want no regrets. But I thought, you know, I, it's like getting a photo. Next, next, next. I was like, I just got to do this, and then I'll have it. And it looks like a prison tattoo, which I think is kind of a cool conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have it. And I, afterwards, I felt so alive. And it might be all that those endorphins that ran through you when you're being stabbed repeatedly by a pin. Oh, that is it. I, I got, God, I got my armpit tattooed. 
Oh, I forgot about that. My whole armpit. And when I was done, I felt like I was just happy, walking on air, giggling. I, my it's body weird. Was, yeah, you're it's a, pumped, full of endorphins. You feel yeah. like you're on drugs. Yeah, is that the is that the runner's high too that happens? Yeah, it's the same. I, I it's walked out of a party and I was just like, ah. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of more. It's it's probably a little more intense. Yeah, because you're not in that much pain running. Well, I guess you and I are. Oh, but God. the average person's not in that much pain. The yeah. same as being th- like thousands of needle stabs. Yeah. Um. Do you have any? T- you have a bunch of tattoos. Do you have any that you uh, regret? Yeah. I'm nah, sorry, regret. Not really. I don't. I think. I think you have to have a certain mindset. And then, the, and then the the thing that I didn't realize about tattoos is once you've had them for a while, they they disappear. You stop seeing them. It's, yeah. the, it's the way. Like you look at your arm, you don't keep looking at. It. Like look at those fingers. <laughs> yeah. There's fingers all over that hand. <laughs> look how weird they look. Yeah. You, like you, after a while, they, you know, you're just looking at your body. Well, I love the argument. Um, oh yeah, that's gonna look real good when you're 65. Well, that's my and favorite like, argument. Well, it's like your your skin's gonna look way bad when you're 65. Yeah, you're regardless. gonna look terrible yeah. regardless if you have a blurry tattoo on your awful wrinkled skin. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing of uh, oh, how you know you, you're still gonna like this years from now, and it's like, well, who cares? I like it now, and it's a museum piece. Everybody looks at life like they have all the time in the world. Yeah. But the day you get tattooed could literally be your last day on Earth. Yeah. Or your life could last two weeks longer. Yeah. So I I always... That's another reason I hate the argument of, like, what's it going to look like when you get old? Well, if I live to be old, I will be kissing the ground. I'll be so happy. I will love that I have a tattoo because I'll love that I even exist. So that's, like, a that's the way you should look at it. Yeah. It's where you get the opportunity to regret this. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It's a way good point. <clears throat> um, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to read just a couple more real quick ones. Before we do that, before we get to additional wonderful content, I'll let you know that you can write to us at worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, we're at Smogville Fair. Facebook, just look for World Champion Podcast. And Instagram, we're World Champion Pod. So hit us up. And again, thanks everyone that wrote in for giving us plenty to talk about in the next few weeks. Yeah. If we didn't get to everything now, um, sorry. And keep writing in with your UFO stories or alien stories. Yeah. And ideas for topics. Yeah. So thanks, Seth, for, for those no, that no regerts. That's, yeah. all, that's all we needed. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. I just need a, a prompt. Um, real quick, let's hit another one um, from Alex. I've started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I want someone else to watch it with too because my boyfriend refuses, but it begs to be discussed. Okay. Like, why is there such an emphasis on truly god-awful music in every episode? Like, such bad music all the time. Well, what, what and, you... is, and is Giles just C-3PO with skin? Or is this a girl-only show and I need to find a lady podcast to listen to about it? Sean, yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, I have all the seasons on DVD. I have the, I think it's the Chosen box set. Oh, there it is over there. It's got blood dripping down it. Yeah. So uh, you've come to the right place is what you, I'm Yeah, saying. you've come. I, I've watched it all. I love it all. It's, so in the defense of the music, it, it, there's, there was bad music everywhere in the 90s, in the entire decade. So, and, and in the 90s, TV really has gone through kind of a revolution in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, they didn't get, it was or like, it was just the beginning of of adding music that wasn't 
the the like Muzak version of heavy metal. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So up to, earlier, you, if someone put in music, it was music that didn't exist. It was someone pretending to be Huey Lewis. You'd see a, a punk rocker on Full House, and he'd be listening to just like guitar solo. Yeah, it's just basically and, a guitar solo. Uh, yeah, a guitar solo. Yeah. So uh, I, the best is real quick Seinfeld. Whenever they're listening to music, it is the <laughs> pay attention to that. Like they're in the car listening to music, and it's just like this. It's the most bizarre, like really? little kid jazz music. It's it's not of this earth. The music I listen to on Seinfeld. Yeah, that's how a lot of them were. Yeah, and I can't. It's been a while since I've watched early Buffy, so I don't remember if these are just bands that that were because here's the thing: if you watch Smallville, Smallville was made by Warner Brothers. And what they did when they made that TV show is they had all the new artists on Warner Brothers Records appear on the show. So, yeah. so you want to talk about music that doesn't fit the show. It was literally whatever band they were pushing. So it's, you, you think Buffy's bad. Watch Smallville if you want to have the worst music of any TV show. Did, um, did Smallville innovate that? I remember watching the OC and it blowing my mind that at the end it said, today's episode featured music by... I kind of think it did. I can't say for sure, but, but Smallville definitely was in on the ground floor with, with putting, you know... Th- and they do that now even with wrestling and all kinds of stuff. It's, a t- it's always new bands coming out. Yeah. Maybe Buffy's the prototype of that. So I watched a few episodes of Buffy season one and just could not do it and was told, like... Oh yeah, it does. you know, so many shows are like this also. Like it doesn't really click till season 3. And do I have to watch those first two seasons? Maybe I'll try to find a list. There's like, a there's a few. Yeah, you should find a list because yeah. in the second season has some really good episodes. Yeah. The third is it is true. Pretty much the end of the No, I would even say the beginning of the second season is where I'd start. You sort of have to watch a couple just to know who the characters are from the first season. Yeah. But there's some, if you like bonkers stuff, like in the first season, there's an episode called The Pack, where a bunch of students are possessed by jackals or something, and they eat the principal, well, which, which I love yeah. in such a goofy, weird, like the, the teen, teenagers eating someone. So it's, it's, and those are the kind of, you know, there's some silly, there's, oh God, there's another one where there's like a marionette that comes alive, like a puppet. Oh, I don't like that. And you, that's too scary. You just gotta. I don't know. I think you, obviously, I think you should stick with it. I I'm a huge. Well, fan. I, I should I should find something that just gives me like the five essential episodes of season one. I know another oh, one for of our sure, listeners. For sure. Uh, I know another one of our listeners is also a huge fan. So this is this will become a Buffy centric podcast if you want it to. Sure. If people want to write in. All right, we can watch um, any episode. I remember one of the episodes I watched. They did see a band play. That band is called Sprung Monkey. Which is one of the most '90s band names there is. This is on Buffy. Yeah, Sprung Monkey. So maybe they were the innovators of this. Yeah, they were in. Uh, they were in a lot of episodes of Buffy. They were sort of one of the house bands. Oh, do you know at what? The club. Do you know what? I also. This is also the kind of the beginning of the the TV, auteur. So I think this is a band that uh, Joss Whedon really liked. Oh, I see. So uh, they, they might actually be legit, and they had a song on Smallville. Of course they did. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't want to leave Ryan out. Top three movies of the last five years. Of the last five years. Gosh. I don't, I don't even think of five movies I've watched. I <laughs> know. It's tough. Oh, like, uh, it's like Iron Man 2. No, nah, that's, uh, that's Spider-Man 3. No, I'm um, going to say. Dark Knight Rises. 
I'm just naming bad movies that were derided. Okay. Uh, oh, what was that robot one I loved? I just spaced it. Ex Machina. Ex, I loved Ex Machina. I yeah. loved that. Probably my favorite movie from 2015. Um, gosh. Oh, Jodorowsky's Dune, documentary about basically the creative team from Alien and Blade Runner and all these movies when they tried to make Dune. It's, oh, God, I love that movie. So mm-hmm. that one I'd put on there. A third one. A lot of movies. I, I'm, I'm only I'm going to not pick 2010. Maybe Pacific Rim. I might throw that one on there. I'm going to go, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of these. i got to be forgetting tons of stuff. I'm going to go Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, that was good. Speaking of Ex Machina. I'm going to go Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. That was a good one. Um, ooh, oh, I'm, I'm going through a list. I just saw one. Ooh. Okay. You can only do three. It's I not can like only I, do three. Yeah, I did, it's not like I loved the, the, my third example. I did love it, but it just popped in my head. Can I say, well, can I say three and then we decide which one? Okay. Then I can maybe cheat. That's really cheating. No, let's not cheat. Just do a okay. third one. We've got to stand I'm by gonna this. I'm going to go John Wick. Oh, that's a good one, too. Now, if you'd asked me for five, I would have thrown in uh, maybe Edge of Tomorrow uh, yep. and The Raid Redemption. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's good. I know. I've... It's a million movies, man. And it's a, those are just ones that come to mind. They're all like sci-fi. Except for Lewin Davis, they're all like sci-fi action movies, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize as my jam. Sci-fi is my jam for sure. Yeah, that. But like, like I just named three or a couple movies that are all just gunplay movies, which I don't love necessarily. But those were really well done gunplay movies. Oh, and don't you forget, I I am Wrath. Is that the? <laughs> there's a John Travolta movie coming out that looks like the plot of of John Wick. I think it's interesting that you said "Don't you forget" because we forgot. No, I was that's, I was segueing. You're we're both so good. I love this. <laughs> John Travolta month. It's March, which means it's the third year in a row that we've celebrated John Travolta month. Yeah, happy John Travolta month. It's, it's started on our old podcast, and it's one of the few things we had to continue celebrating. Now, if you liked John Wick, and if you liked Taken, and you thought, what if they made this exact movie, but with a guy in a John Travolta mask <laughs> and doll's hair... Then you're in luck. I am wrath. Yeah. It's not... he, speaking of no regrets, to the, the last scene in the trailer is him getting a tattoo on his back that says, I am wrath, and then killing the tattoo artist. He, yeah, John Travolta kills his tattoo artist, which I'm hoping is not even connected to however he's been wronged. No. I'm hoping he's just on a killing rampage. Yeah. So, this, yeah, this is like, you know, the heavens above opened up and looked into my mind and thought... Here's someone who loves John Travolta and Death Wish more than anything. There's an amazing... How can I make the perfect film? <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of, of the people versus O.J. Simpson, take John Travolta, give him that John Travolta mask, uh-huh. add giant eyebrows. Right. Dark. Like, a, like an inch vertical eyebrows, <laughs> and then give him this vaguely New York accent. I mean, he, he's done that before, but this one's much more weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, People versus O.J. Simpson. We're, we're going we're gonna to re- review it when, it when it's done. Yeah, you've got to watch it. i got to watch more than just the first 45 minutes of the first episode. Right. Um, and also, God, I keep forgetting to tell the cops that I have the knife. 
Oh yeah, I've something that just years. slips your mind. It's not, you know, it's just this little case. Yeah, no, I've had this knife for twenty years. I was gonna get a frame, and it was and buried thought, in in uh, in OJ's in lawn. OJ's property. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just don't make the connection. Like, oh, maybe the police would be interested in this. Yeah, there was a murder here. It was just like, oh wow, you're right. They they were stabbed with knives. The, uh, we'll have to post the trailer for I Am Wrath, and what you need to be on the lookout for is Billiard Ball on the bar. Mm-hmm. That is the most inexplicable weird thing I've maybe ever seen in a trailer. That's your clue for the week. Yeah, clue for the week. All right, we have kept this one tight. I feel good about it. Don't forget to write us in. Uh, we will get to all these topics you wrote to us about eventually, um, and you know what our action items are. So I think... Uh, that's it. I think that's it. I think just don't forget that for whatever ails you, Judge Lezerby's d- drinking vinegars. Mm-hmm. And happy John Travolta month. See you at the fair.